Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp. This is August 27th. We are here to talk AEW Dynamite. Things are a little bit different this week. Usually, I'm doing my AEW review over on Fightful Select. Usually, you see this guy reviewing AEW alongside Warren or Alex or maybe even Carlos or Steven. But for the, like four out of the next five weeks, there's AEW and NXT Unopposed. Tuesday nights, Wednesday nights, Thursdays, Saturdays, it's all over the place. And uh, due to popular demand, we are splitting our reviews again next week as well. We'll have one uh, after NXT and after AEW. I'll hammer out the details on that. But we were going to do one show next Wednesday. Considering there's going to be a new NXT champion crowned, we're bringing you a post-show Tuesday as well. We'll figure it out. If you're watching live on YouTube, leave us a thumbs up, subscribe, tap that bell for notifications, and donate a super chat. Any amount, get your question or statement read on the air. But I am joined by the one, the only, Ray Mysterio. Oh, no, it's Louis Dangor. How you doing? I'm good. I'm I'm very good. It was my birthday for you today, for me yesterday. It still counts here, so everybody in the chat. Wish Louie a happy birthday. It's still his birthday here. He lives in the future. He tra- He's a time traveler. I do, I do. So I'm finally not a teenager anymore. So I feel like I get all of the references. I get, I don't know, really? You look yeah. about 18. But um, I get I get all the references now that go above my head sometimes that you guys mention on post shows and I just sort of nod my head out like, yeah, that makes sense. And I know but, a lot um, of you all are like, oh, man, he's he's getting all these interviews. He's only 20. Well, that kind of ties into the theme of what you're doing for us on Fightful Select. You and Alex McCarthy every month are reviewing the WWE pay-per-view from like 20 years ago. I can't wait until it gets into split brand territory and you got to review like Judgment Day 04 or something like that. So I love where we started because we obviously started at SummerSlam 2000, yeah. which is out now, which it, it was the day I was born. Yeah. So it was crazy. Well, the way I like doing it was Alex McCarthy, who I review it with, had the perspective of watching at the time and I didn't. So when I didn't yes. like something, he'd be like, no, it was great. And we would often think that's because he sort of had his nostalgia goggles on and thought, oh, no, I liked watching that at the time. But, um, yeah, it, it's a great concept i think we've yeah i think a great partnership as well he's he alex is a great guy i'm an equally great guy so um <laughs> head on over to select definitely check that out and then give us your feedback if there's something you don't like you do like let us know my twitter's there down below so let me know and we'll obviously work on it for future shows we have uh, a guy Zach Schimmel, who does a lot of stuff on Select with us, he, uh, he's been one of our most loyal members. He's been so awesome. He's closer to my age, but he also didn't watch wrestling until like 04. So it's, it's really mm. unique to get these perspectives of people who didn't see it. Did you watch Quizzlemania this week? Probably it not. Was my, it was okay, my okay. birthday. 
I have I, never I, I been was happier. Heavily intoxicated. Well, I'm just saying. One of the topics on there was I had to correctly guess as many matches on a pay per view as possible. SummerSlam 2000 was yeah. one of those pay per views, and I watched your all's. I watched the <laughs> review, so I was like nine or ten matches. I can get that. I just I just watched that covered on my site. So. Uh, I, one day I'm going to do just a full podcast on my experiences working with WrestleTalk, especially after the crazy stuff that happened this week. Uh, mm. Wishing the best for Luke, for sure. Uh, but we have some super chats already. Drew Nicholas says, to be 20 again, happy birthday, Louie. Thank you. Thank you. To be 20. I feel like an old man. Yeah. But yeah, to be 20. I'm Daniel Marshall it. says, happy birthday, Louie. From a fellow 20-year-old, while Anakin JMT says, Happy belated birthday, Louie, and thanks for making me feel old by reminding me how young you are. I am the wonder kid. We get a, we're getting a lot of birthday-related like questions, like, did you understand the Get Smart reference that Brody Lee said about Anna J? No. Me either. Uh, unless it was about the movie with The Rock and Steve Carell, I wouldn't know it, and even then... I've tried to block that out of my memory. Yeah, I did not get the reference. Whatever the reference was, I didn't get it. And Throwback27 says, Happy birthday, Louie. Have a kick-ass show, guys. Well, we certainly plan on it. That's for damn sure. But I got to say, I did not think this was the strongest episode of AEW Dynamite. I thought it was one of the weaker ones that I've seen. And that's saying something coming off that classic ending that they had. As a whole, how did you feel about this show? Um, I thought there were good parts of it. There was some great storytelling, definitely in the tag match, and some like that for me is the best thing about wrestling at the moment. The whole tag stuff going on, so I loved that. Um, MJF stuff was great, but there were some issues with it, some glaring issues that we'll get into covering. I mean, anyone that knows me knows that I'm sort of I've been a big proponent and i've been trying to uh, hoping for more women's wrestling on AEW. so i will say it was nice to see a lot of women featured on the show we had anna (laughs) jay tenara conti we had big swell Britt baker rebel penelope ford hikara shida and uh obviously thunder rosa that's eight women and i can't remember the last time we generally had eight women featured And I have, some, I have some things to say about that handicap match. Good Lord. But uh, Justin Lopez says, happy birthday. You were born in 2000. I'm old af 35. Hey, piss off about saying 35 is old. Uh, ALR 1129 says, Sean, keep up the great work. Your passion and drive to your work is evident. Happy birthday, Louie. Uh, we definitely appreciate that. Also, you'll hear me go in between calling Louie, Louie and Lewis on this show because I read it as Lewis every single time. But we had a gauntlet match that kicked things off. FTR ended up winning, but you basically had a couple of full matches in the middle of all this. Young Bucks versus Nightmare Family was a full match, and boy, can Dustin Rhodes still go. He's he's a joy to watch, like... My wife watches AEW with me now, and when she saw him hit his rapid power slam, she like audibly gasped. She was like, I didn't know he could move that fast. I was like, yeah, the best power really slam. So actually, that's an interesting point. Is your wife, is she a wrestling fan or just watches AEW? Yes. Uh, my my wife has been, in, like, she's done a little bit of training with me. When we were super short, when like we had a bunch of no-shows for an event, she actually worked a match one time. So yeah, she's awesome. she's well adept at wrestling. Yeah, because uh, I was going to say this. What I often have heard about people who have introduced partners or friends to wrestling is they often introduce them to AEW. So I was wondering whether that was something you'd done. But uh, yeah, this tag match, definitely the first one was great. It was I like how AEW just gets straight into into the into the wrestling. No entrances, just like. Minute one, we're in, which I like, gives it a fast pace. And this whole tag sort of gauntlet just proved how deep AEW's tag division is because it really is the best tag division in the world by some margin. I mean, Natural Nightmares feel feel like the fifth and sixth, possibly seventh best team on the roster. That's nothing against them. That's just how stacked the tag division is. 
Uh, but yeah, I think that, and we'll get on talking about this when we talk about the main event. I don't know whether the matches need, the three matches needed to be as long as they were. Perhaps having a little bit shaved off each and then adding that to the main event would have been a bit beneficial because the main event for me felt a bit rushed. Yeah, and, and I'll find out if there were any timing issues there because it did feel like there was a full, like they did go a little bit long, but quite honestly, there's there's a couple things that could have been cut from this show, but the matches themselves, they were good. I really liked mm. them. Uh, Young Bucks yeah. against Nightmare Family. Again, the tag team division here runs like 20 deep, and that's just of people that are signed. That's not even including when you factor in like Brian Pillman and Griff Garrison. like People like that that mm. are enhancement teams as of right now, and we'll talk about Pillman and Garrison a little bit later. But then uh, we get Young Bucks and Best Friends. Young Bucks end up winning... Uh, this is because <laughs> this is because uh, Hangman Page had interfered, or actually, uh, the Young Bucks didn't win. Uh, the Young Bucks got eliminated because Hangman Page had interfered. My bad there. Um, this was definitely uh, uh, intriguing. It was very intriguing mm-hmm. to me because Hangman Page has been one of the most interesting things on a very interesting show to me for quite a while. Yeah, and what I love about this is there are so many avenues this can go down. I was worried that they were going to rush the Young Bucks and the FDR match and have it here, like have a screwy something or other. But I'm so happy that I was wrong. And for me to even doubt that AEW didn't think that through was silly. I didn't even think this was going to happen, and it did, and it was great. I love how we don't know where this is going to go. Is it because Hangman is in bed with a with FTR that he did it is it because he doesn't want to face the young bucks there's so many different avenues that it can go down the turn and for me this is the best story in wrestling the turn yeah. could be next week it could be in 3 months the turn could be Omega. The turn could be Paige. The turn could be the Young Bucks. It's, it's amazing the know. way that it's all went down because I remember that that press conference where they kind of unveiled AEW and we knew it wasn't going to be one of the Bucks. We knew it wasn't going to be Omega or Cody because they're the EVPs. So if you put them right in the title match, people are going to be like, "Oh, look at this! Look at <clears> this!" <throat> and Jericho, it was Jericho wasn't the original plan from what it seemed like. It looked like it was going to be Paige Pack. Probably some title stuff there. But they eventually went with Jericho. But it wasn't working with Hangman Page as the top babyface right then. Then they had him go off and do a little bit something else. And there he is. You know he's going to be one of the top guys in that company for the next 10 to 15 years. The same thing happened with Britt Baker, Louie. They wanted her to be the... Well, or people assumed that because she was the first signing that she was the chosen one. Well, now she is because she's made herself the chosen one. And Adam Hangman Page has made himself the chosen one. Uh, Backstage, I think it's worth us covering here. I think the Young Bucks overacted a little bit. I think the acting was a little bit eh, but Hangman was great here. And they were reading him the riot act saying that that, uh, he's not – they wanted to be his friend and they tried to force it since November, but now he's out of the elite. Quite frankly, I thought he'd been out of the elite for a long time. I didn't even know that he. Yeah. I thought that it was just a loose affiliation because of Omega at this point. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I didn't love the backstage promo, uh, uh, like the vignette afterwards. I thought it was a bit sort of childish, like "Oh, we're your friend, and you don't like us." It felt a little bit catty like that. But um, in terms of the story and stuff like that, you mentioned Paige. I think AEW has done this tremendously well where they have gone, you know what, this isn't working. Let's take it back to the drawing board and work on it again. We've seen it with Brit. We've seen it with Dark Order. We've seen it with Paige, where they've gone, you know what, this isn't working. We, we, we hear you. We know you don't think it's working. Let's work on it and come back. And now Brit, Paige, and Dark Order are three of my favorite things about AEW. So I think that that only deserves to be applauded in terms of how they can deal with criticism and take it, I guess, and turn the character around and make it more interesting. Yeah, I completely agree, and I'm I'm down for this. And I'll tell you what I'm down for. FTR against Omega and Paige. Jesus Christ. Because here's the thing. When they left, I don't know that that match was on my wish list, but it damn sure is now. And FTR ended up picking up that win over Best Friends. Now, I know a lot of, a lot of people have made... 
a lot of who's going to turn heel, who's going to turn face. To me, it's not like that in AEW necessarily. There are some definitive heel and baby face turns, but I, I see people asking, who's the face? Who's the heel with, with Paige and Young Bucks? Decide for yourself. Decide who mm. you want to like there. Decide who you think is right and who you think is wrong. That's what I liked uh, so much about like Cody and and Dustin and when Cody was hanging out with MJF like we all knew he was an asshole. That's one of the things I like about AEW is it doesn't insult your intelligence. Uh, Chuck okay. during this match had hurt his knee and I loved it because he hit like a modified code breaker and then sold his knee and yeah. then later on Harwood invited. Ended up uh, winning with an inverted figure four. I like that. They capitalized off an injury that happened early, and they got a win with something that wasn't the finish. I thought that was great. Bit annoying that I think commentary missed it. They were talking about the contract signing, which was a little bit annoying. Yes. Um, I mean, I feel bad for Chucky T for the sole reason that Trent has a singles run in him where he, he, he could easily be TNT champion. Sure. And I don't think I'd, I, no one better than I did. He is fantastic. I'm a massive fan of Trent, massive fan of FTR, huge fan of that. Well, I think they are fantastic. And as you say, that tag match are all out for me should main event the show. It's amazing. It's because am- mm. honestly, if there were fans, I think we'd be looking at FTR versus Young Bucks headlining at show. Now yeah. I think it'll be Moxley and MJF because of the stakes and all that. Um, yeah. I think that eventually, that FTW belt ends up becoming like a bit of an unsanctioned hardcore title type of thing. And mm-hmm. I can see Chuck Taylor contending for that thing because he is one of the most aggressive wrestlers I've ever seen. Like, he's mm. one of the funniest, but he also, when he pile, pile drives people, looks like he's angry when he's doing it. Mm. Uh, Evan Wright says, FTR winning the titles and facing Bucks at full gear is a main event worthy uh, match for the pay-per-view says Evan Wright. He says, Omega Hangman feuding for a match there too. You could, that, that's the thing I like about AEW pay-per-views. It's not like we're talking about like capital punishment or something like that. Like some, what they would call throwaway pay-per-view. So yeah. far, like all their pay-per-views that they're going to be doing feel pretty important. And I, I agree with both of those, Louie. Yeah, I mean, they're not stupid enough to hold a pay-per-view a week after another one. Um, yeah, my God. But, but they... I guess they're stupid enough to hold a pay-per-view after another company does two in a row. So, which they probably didn't it's, know. Yeah, and I, I'm sure that I mean I, I don't know. We won't get into speculation, but I've seen stuff out there that WWE is trying to dilute the market or some crap like that. I mean, people pay for the network. Who knows? But um, it, it I love how they have a pay-per-view every three months, so you can build. Have a mm-hmm. proper build towards the pay per view. You're not rushing two angles in one show when they should be sort of in consecutive weeks because you need to get it done. Like why WWE is building a pay per view in a week is ridiculous. It, it's it's just crazy. But uh, yeah, I think with AEW, the good thing as well, it can go so many routes. Where it, <clears throat> at Full Gear we could see a six man with Page and Omega on either team. We could see a triple threat if they decide. To keep it, keep, uh, keep Page and Omega going. We could see uh, a, a tag match between again either team. Yeah. We can, can go so many routes, which is why I like it. It's not predictable, and obviously, being in wrestling, working, speaking to wrestlers, working in wrestling news, I like now to be shocked because mm. I don't often get shocked. Like that's why I loved Roman Reigns returning. Oh, I didn't know it was happening. I'm so was happy like, that crap. my reaction is forever caught on that. Like I, cause that, that's the first thing that's like shocked me in a very long time. And yeah, it was, it was and, incredible. Jonathan, this, go on. Uh, Jonathan Hedman says, this is not a let's win the casual viewers show. Uh, that is for sure. And TD Stinger says, thought it was a middle of the road show. Don't think, I don't know if it's been mentioned this week, but I wanted to say, uh, send condolences to Brian Zane, who lost his mom this past week. It has been mentioned. Uh, we love Brian Zane. Brian Zane is incredible. He is one of the best dudes you will ever meet in wrestling, period. I think the world of that guy, he is supremely talented and, and a great guy. Also, uh, news just came through that Bullet Bob Armstrong has passed away. Uh, that is tragic. Uh, Bob Armstrong, the father of Scott Armstrong, Steve Armstrong, Brad Armstrong, uh, the road dog, 
And he was a guy who, gosh, I think he worked 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s. So he worked like six decades, some maybe say seven. And he was right on the fringe. Like if he could have went this year, he probably would have had a match this year. Um, What an amazing uh, legacy that he leaves behind with uh, his sons and, and the impact that they have had on wrestling. We definitely send our condolences to to their family as well. But uh, we had Lance Archer crushing Sean Maluda. I mean, this was this was uh, a a it was a squash match, and I'm fine with it. I love watching Lance Archer crush people. Yeah, I will say one more thing about the the tag match. Yeah, for me, a little bit jarring that Jericho didn't talk about how LAX weren't part of the match. Um, it for me is like say. There's a tag match between, um, I don't know, The Bar and Gallows and Anderson in 2017. Xavier Woods is on commentary, and it's for the tag titles, and he doesn't mention how New Day want to be going for the tag titles. Felt like a bit like, we understand, obviously, it wasn't their match, they weren't part of it, but explain how he thinks LAX are the best part of, like, best tag team in AEW. They haven't had the chance to prove themselves. They're going at it now with best friends, hopefully, to state their claim, move up the rankings, blah, blah, blah. But I think that it was a bit frustrating that we didn't hear him at least put them over or sort of say that they should be part of this match. He's a heel at the end of the day, rag on AEW a bit, say, talk about how, I don't know, they haven't been given opportunities that best friends have been given. They've had less tag matches or something like that. But um, yeah, hopefully with next week, we'll see LAX pick up some more wins. But on to the Lance Archer thing. Anytime Lance Archer just squashes oh, I anyone. love it. It's great viewing. I love it. He crushed Sean Maluda, did the blackout. Love that move. And Lance Archer is in the Casino Battle Royal. I do not like the Casino Battle Royal. It's hard to shoot. It's hard to execute. I thought the ladder match worked a lot better. Mm. But he says that he's going to erase uh, the lone blemish on their record. I could do without Jake Roberts, too. I, I he's, yeah. not a, he's not a great promo right now. He's not great at delivery seems like a favor that that he's there um but then brian cage ricky starks and quite frankly i think the best manager in wrestling and that's saying something because i think mvp's out there right now too taz comes out and he says a member of team taz will win the battle royal and there's some terrible trash talk from jake roberts uh, darby allen and starks end up battling up the ramps that would lead you to believe that darby allen's in that battle royal too that's some pretty I think good- they announced that yeah, that's some pretty good names right there in that Battle Royal. And this is why I think this one will be better than the one we got last year, because the names are more established. Yeah. Like with last year, it was a couple of random guys and beginning of AW, so we didn't really have any investment. Sunny Days, who we later found out was he was a DDP Yoga project. That's why he was in there. It was because he had lost a bunch yeah. of weight on DDP Yoga, and they put him in the match, so... I'm fine with this, and I like the the little the. I don't want to say little. I don't mean to diminish anything, but the Alan Starks feud. I think they're going to have some good stuff going on there. Yep, agreed. And uh, I mean, but when when Cage and Archer came out, I was a bit like, oh, that that that'd be nice yeah. to see. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Vince, sort sort of thing Vince would love. Oh God, yeah. You, I mean, you would think so. He had his chance at so many of these guys and didn't sign them. So it's it's kind of why I mean he had both of these guys on his payroll. Now, granted, that's before Cage found his workout regimen. But uh, <laughs> New Punk Rant sends a super chat and says AEW has more long storylines and booking than WWE has had in fifteen years. Not even close. Also, the fans are a middle finger to TDO oh, to Thunderdome. Here for it. Yeah, I think so. I based on what I've heard about Tony Khan and my experiences with him. I don't. While I don't think it's a good idea to have fans there, I don't think he would do it if he thought it was unsafe. The amount of money that they made off of tickets there is negligible. Like he probably wanted it for the environment, and he probably thinks that it's safe. Uh, Evan Wright mm-hmm. says Archer versus Cage. Give that to me for the FTW title, cowards. There are a few people that scream "fuck the world" to me more than Lance Archer, Louie. Yeah, I mean, I've had a bit of an issue. I guess. Not an issue with the SCW title, but when it was like, I think they announced Pillman and Cage for the title on Dark. I was like, who's commissioning this match? Like, yes. is, it, is, it, is it a title that's acknowledged or is it not? 
But if we can work that out, I'd, I'd quite like it to be a like a super heavyweight title, a, a, a big man title. And then we have guys like Archer and Cage battling out for that. I'd quite like to see that. But um, yeah, I think that those two in the Battle Royal, I would be very surprised if even the final four isn't Alan Starks, uh, Cage and Archer. But even then, like when you when you think about the the super heavyweight thing, you'd have to really adjust what they consider super yeah. heavyweight because in reality, I think Brian Cage is like two fifty five, two sixty, something like that. Like he's yeah. he's probably not the two seventy eight he's billed at on on Wikipedia and everything. Especially if EC three's walking around two hundred and ten pounds, which is unbelievable to me. Yeah, uh, Throwback twenty seven says I'm looking at forty years old next year. Damn, to be 20. Check out uh, me on uh, Throwback 27's podcast. I did match memories with him. Reminder, guys, leave a thumbs up, subscribe, get those super chats in, your question or statement right on the air. We see a video package. Hikaru Shida, Thunder Rosa. Uh, this features Billy Corgan. This features some NWA footage. I'm glad they're doing this. This seems like, based on the people available, this is probably the biggest title match you could do right now and I like Thunder Rosa because she had an unreal good match with uh, Sienna or Allison Kay at the NWA show and quite frankly right now it looks to me like Thunder Rosa is positioning herself to spearhead and lead the NWA with the co-promotion with the stuff that she's doing she's promoting shows now she's getting her face out there to me it seems like Thunder Rosa is like, hey, I'm the one. Pin this all on me. I even reached out to her and said, you still working with NWA when all that shit went down? And she said, yes, I am. I I think this is a good booking decision, and I like the, the stuff that they did here. I mean, it's – yes, yeah, 100% is the right booking decision. Would be nice to have some, I guess, AW talent in there, but – based on travel restrictions, everything going on, completely understand why they've done this. Thunder Rosa, that, that video package felt like a big deal. And I can't yes. remember the last time I thought any women's segment on AEW had felt like a big deal. It felt like a world title fight that two of these champions are going to go head to head. And when we, we, when everyone goes, what's the cross-promotion match that you want to see with AEW? This is the one that was needed. Yes. Yes, it would be nice to see a Carter and AW and have a match with Omega, yeah. but the singles division is fine. It would be nice to see the North uh, mix it up with FDR, but the tag division is yeah. fine. The women's division, they needed new names. They needed and uh, sort of fresh faces. And I guess even if fans don't know who Thunder Rosa is, just having the NWA title, I guess her walk out with it, the NW name attached to her, comes with a certain, I guess, prestige yeah. and lineage with it. Where this for me felt like a big deal, and that video package was awesome. Yeah, was. Uh, so yeah. And Thunder Rosa's got her hands in everything. She's done MMA training too. She didn't really wrestle before a few years ago. She got signed by Lucha Underground and just started wrestling. So that's that's amazing. Uh, New mm-hmm. Punk Rant says, "I want Wardlow versus Archer versus Cage in a triple threat." That is to me one of the most appealing sirloin beef sons of bitches matches out there right now. Yeah, I mean, if Wardlow's not world champion... Oh, God, he's amazing. So we have the the MJF Moxley contract signing. MJF is walking around backstage, and uh, he's got his lawyer with him. He's in his neck brace. He wants the paradigm shift band. He says, tell your your hot wife that I'm single to Moxley, referencing uh, Renee Young. Makes fun of Moxley's hairline. Moxley says, don't worry, yours will get there once you hit puberty. Pretty funny. This this is a an extended segment to set up two things. Moxley signing the contract to ban the paradigm shift, which, cool. I'm, I'm fine with that. I think they can have a good enough match. I just watched Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton have a match that had no actual punts, no actual claymores, no actual RKOs, so I don't doubt it. And then mm. on the last page, John Moxley wrote in that he's going to have a match with MJF's lawyer. So my wife was sitting there saying, why does his lawyer look familiar? Why does he look familiar? And I don't know why I didn't think of it. Then it hit me. I'm like, wait a second. That's a guy that does Ryder and Hawkins podcast with them. That's smart Mark Sterling. I I watched... crap. Yeah, the major wrestling figure podcast. I watched that stuff 
three times a week. Like, I love that. Mm. By the way, I got my interview with Matt Cardona dropping Monday, but pretty good segment, I thought. And this is a good tune-up match. It gets Moxley on TV to wrestle. Sure, why not? I mean, and the thing I liked is, as soon as it was uh, sort of, they mentioned, oh, you didn't read page 17, blah, 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 blah. I was like, oh, God, what's it going to be? And they were like, oh, he's going he's gonna to wrestle the lawyer. And I was like, okay, who cares? What, yeah. Why does anyone care? And then immediately, before I could even finish that thought in my head, they went, oh, and if he doesn't turn up, MJF doesn't get his title match. Yeah. And there's another instance later in the show when I've thought of something and a question that I've had, and AW instantly has answered that question in the next 10 seconds. And I thought that was great. So it's, I thought th- this was a, a great segment. I think anyone else in the role could have dragged too long, but MJF is just so good on the mic that he can make anything work. And yeah, their world title fight feels like, again, a world title fight. So it should be good. Also, one of the things that we'll probably get to see what finish he might be transitioning to for that match. So My only worry is I hope he doesn't tap MJF out. Yeah, I hope it's not a submission-based finisher. I hope it's a it's a something pinfall-based. But we'll see. I agree. I don't think MJF should like ever tap out. No. I think that uh, he should uh, he should be like knocked out. Maybe he should be pinned. But even though he's a slimy son of a bitch, I think he should be a tough son of a bitch too. I think he should be yeah. that guy. Like the reason you hate him is because he's so good. And the thing yeah. that I love about this, Louie, I bitch about it all the time. We're going to watch two winners fight each other. We're going to watch two guys that do nothing but win fight each other. And to me, that's mm-hmm. special. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And if, yeah. if MJF wins, you got that question mark in your head. Well, what, what about that move? What about the move? What, what if he would have had the move? Yeah. And I guess it it's a way for people who are saying, oh, maybe it's too soon for MJF, that you're like, oh, crap, we've we've even the odds, not even the odds, but more stacked in MJF's favor now that Mox's signature move's gone. So I guess the only thing I would say is, and I guess they didn't know this in advance, was obviously Mox's last title match with Cage, he didn't win with the paradigm shift. Yeah. Brody Lee, he didn't win with the paradigm shift either. He made him submit, right? Or he passed out. I believe so. So his last two were... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Title matches, he hasn't won with the paradigm shift. Wow, like, so that is the only small nitpick where I'd be like, Okay, he, he should bring that up, he should bring that up and go, You thought you outsmarted me. Well, look, I'm gonna show you here's how I beat uh yes. Brody Lee, here's how I beat Brian Cage. I don't need the move, I can beat anyone, and hopefully, hopefully with they any do move. that next week. I hope they do. Yeah. Uh, TJ Ridgeway says, Hopefully, Mox goes back to the knee trembler. I feel like too many people are using that these days. Like a running knee. I think it's happening too much. Like Sheeta's using it and just like a lot of like Adam Cole uses a version. Like a lot of people use it. Uh, Evan I Wright mean, says. Think, Evan Wright I think says, we've got all of the knees we, we, could, we could want in our Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose match. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Evan Wright says, I've seen MJF in death matches and he'll surprise. 
Yeah, I mean, that that's the thing. Nobody questions that he's tough, but within this context and this character. Uh, Jonathan Hedman says, sad to hear about Bullet Bob. What's your favorite memory of him? Loved his SMW stuff with Cornette, just some old-fashioned wrestling. I mean, he was before my time is the thing. Like, I wasn't, like, watching in the 60s, 70s, and even really 80s. But I can tell you that when he came into TNA, I kind of loved that he teamed with uh, Kip James and BG James. He got tag title matches against AJ Styles and Tomko, for the love of God. So those are probably mine because I didn't get to see him on TV a ton other than that. Um, I know that he did a couple spots in WCW as well, but I didn't get to see those. But definitely send our condolences. The Jam one, Ryan B. Jam says, If NWA keeps having people show up on AEW, who else would you like to see? Come to AEW. I'd love to see James Storm. Well, James Storm is no longer under contract to NWA. So uh, I don't know if that's out there, but it is now. He has not been under contract to NWA since like February or March. Uh, who would you like? I, personally, Allison K makes sense because they need more women. I was going to say, back, back on that point, what do they need? It's not who I'd like to see in terms of dream matches. It's what would benefit AEW the most. And what would benefit AEW the most is... Probably, as you say, Alison Casiana. So having yeah. her in, having her as part of the women's division, an established name, someone that can help the younger girls who are coming through, like Anna Jade, Tainara Conti. So it'd be great to see her uh, in AEW. I'd like to see Camille and Melina get uh, AEW dark matches because Melina doesn't have like a ton of reps right now, and yeah. Camille is a little more inexperienced. But Melina, I mean, the thing is, Melina has. She's never really left the ring, but she's also worked like ah, between five and 15 matches a year and hasn't worked yeah. since February, but also has some name value there. A hell of a lot more than Cameron does. I'll tell you that much. Yep. Yeah. Lucha Brothers right. and Butcher and the Blade defeated Joey Janela, Sonny Kiss, Brian Pillman Jr., and Griff Garrison. I thought Pillman Jr. looked amazing in this match. He looked like a guy that is going to be a big, big star in the future. Three years ago, I was meeting this guy at NXT. We were both there just watching the show. He's like, "Yeah, man, I'm about to go to uh, about to go to Lance's school." I was like, "Hell yeah, cool!" And it's weird for me to say this. He had a vision for his mullet, and his he has a superstar mullet. Like he he thought it up in his mind and he made it come true. But Lucha Brothers, Butcher and Blade win. Uh, Eddie Kingston, I, I like him cutting the promo, and I think that once Pac is back, we're going to get some conflict between those two, and I hope so. What do you think of this match? I, I love this match. I thought, I thought love maybe an exaggeration. I thought it was great. <laughs> yeah. uh, Pillman looked good. I think Griff Garrison's got a lot of upside as well. He's got a good look. Got He's got a good look. Uh, Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss, uh, they're doing some great stuff. Uh I was a bit, uh, again, this was, again, when I mentioned earlier, the thing AEW does where they answer the questions that I had. So as soon as they walked out, uh, Butcher Blade, Eddie Kingston, and um, and uh, Lucha Bros, and I was like, well, it's a bit random. It doesn't really work. Then they explained it. And I was like, okay, that's why. Eddie Kingston literally did it in a in a picture-on-picture picture on, like, a small screen, explained why they've got... Um, why he's put them together there is guys he's known them for years that kind of thing it was it was great to see um, i don't know it just for me i'm not sure how it's going to work because ultimately to be a tag team you want to get to the tag titles right so yeah why are we going to have two teams going head to, like sort of in a faction together working together because they've ultimately got to i guess clash at one point i think it'd be more beneficial if we had eddie kingston with um just uh lucha bros i think that that'd be more beneficial have them managing them and then when you come back you have co- uh, conflict with pack and you spill over to pack and uh, eddie kingston well to me i think it's good to have them both because one it breaks the mold of people saying like oh, okay well hispanic people group together these guys grouped together because I remember when Inner Circle formed and people were like, well, that doesn't look right. And now it looks completely fine. Like people are so used to those WWE tropes of ah, group everybody with the same background and race together. And to me, I like it because it can it can 
have an allegiance type of thing. Butcher and Blade can be built effectively and then side with Eddie Kingston. And uh, Lucha Brothers can side with with Pac, or maybe the opposite. Maybe they swerve us in that regard. Evan Wright says, push Hollywood blondes to the moon. Griff Garrison and Brian Pillman remind me a lot of, like, Hardy Brothers 98-99, where they're losing right now, and then all of a sudden, the Hardy Boys just started to win matches. And then they were put in a tag. They were jobbers for five years before they started to win matches. Uh, Zach Barber leads us into our next segment and says, just FYI, the Get Smart reference was Brody calling Anna J number 99 as a playoff of Agent 99 from the show. Okay, I get it now. The, I'm just noting. I the still thing it. that was most talked about on this show was the Dark Order promo, by far. Um, Dark Order have lawnmowers and a casket. Lawnmowers and a casket. Cool. Um, Manny Santos says, I love Anna Jay and Tay Conti. Anna Jay is getting a lot of love right now. She is like 15 matches into her career. And she's she's really getting a lot of positive, uh, positive reception. Eloquent says, still baffling to me that WWE never let Brody talk. This promo is a good uh, indication of why people are like, man, WWE dropped the ball on Brody Lee. Because he can cut a damn promo. Then he knocks out he knocks out um, John Silver at one point and makes him stand in line. What did you think about this? This was basically self-serving, but that is the point of Mr. Brody Lee. I loved it. I thought I, I love it. I'm loving everything Brody's doing at the moment. I think he's fantastic. This is another example of, as we mentioned earlier with Paige, AW thinking, mm, Dark Order's not working. Let's go back. Let's go back. Also, I watched All Out last week evil uno has got into amazing shape you don't realize it until you go back watch his old stuff and think damn he's lost a lot of weight so good for him he's doing great stuff i like how that there are clear sort of rankings within the dark order of who sort of the priority in the hierarchy is which i like um i I just think the whole faction's great i'm loving everything they're doing they're honestly one of my favorite things about aw the moments and i thought this segment worked well I think until the other people came out. That's when it started to work less for me. Yeah, one of the things I put over about AEW is how cohesive the show is, and it was not a lot tonight. Also, whenever I get people to say, well, this were WWE, this were AEW, you'd love it. No, everybody that I know hated the Dark Order when it started. It Mm -hmm. sucked. I was there for the, the, the debut. It blew Everything it really sucked until they started to do the recruiting, but even when they did that, they had like two other groups that were recruiting, so it was yeah. not cohesive. Then the turn of the year came, and from what I understand, Tony Khan was like, "Listen, I'm going from final say to loudest voice in the room," and things changed. Things changed. Evan Wright says Brody mentioning December Dark Order was amazing. Yeah. I like that as well. It was like, let's, ign- let's, again, not treat your audience like they're idiots. Acknowledge that the Dark Order were crap, and now they're not. Look where they've come, and what the difference is, is Brody Lee. Yeah. And it feels like that's when the turning point was, which only goes to put him over more and make his influence feel greater. Uh, Evan Wright says, this is a Dark Order Stan account now. That segment absolutely ruled. Love this episode. Happy birthday, guys. Thank you, and I'm sure Louie agrees. So we get a lot of people coming out. Dustin comes out. QT Marshall comes out. Scorpio Sky comes out. And then Matt Cardona comes out. Clearly he wanted to get on TV to promote our interview that we've got coming up Monday. It will be on Fightful Select early. But I got like six, seven interviews out of that, or articles out of that. It's one of my favorite interviews I've ever done. I'm like, we're probably getting an eight-man tag or something at All Out, which does not scream pay-per-view match to me at all. And also, it immediately throttles Scorpio Sky and Matt Cardona. All due respect, but Matt Cardona came in looking... People were comparing him to 96 Warrior based on his physique. Matt Morgan. Yeah, Scorpio Sky was... Looking like he was right there, and now they're going to be in an eight-man tag where they're probably losing to Dark Order. Yep. Ah, I, I don't love this, man. 
if Cody was still champion, he would have had a singles match at All Out. Yeah. He had singles matches every week on Dynamite. So I think Brody needed one as well. Yeah. But put, put him in there against Matt Cardona. Like, I don't think anyone loses anything. And and they could have the kind of match that would make people go, man, WWE really fucked up with both of them. Mm, yeah. you got one think... of the biggest people in AEW now against one of the people 10 years ago. Zack Ryder is one of the most over people in wrestling. The Rock yeah. was in the ring and people were chanting for Zack Ryder. Come on. It's, it's, it does feel very mid-card-ish. And the TNT title hasn't felt like that. No. It's felt like the, it's felt like the sort of thing where, like where in WWE you'd see, okay, the Intercontinental Champion is in a tag match on the pay-per-view and it doesn't feel like they're big focus. So um, I think it would have been nice to see him in a singles match, potentially an eight-man tag next week. And then you have Cardona pick up a win over, I don't know if you want to pin the dog. I would order, love if that happened. Have something where you get a singles match of the pay-per-view. Where I think they went right with the TNT title, they had Cody win it, who was already looked at as a top, top guy, but he also won it while he couldn't win the world title. So you you were like, well, he could be world champion if he was allowed to. Yeah, uh, 100%. I, I agree. Justin Lopez says, I'm upset the TNT title won't be defended on the pay-per-view. We we can't say that it won't. I mean, like, like Louie just said, Cardona could win uh, a match next week and then get that and you know what he's got five appearances on his on his initial deal that would be five because he had his first two tonight maybe next week on dynamite and then all out and he wants to be there long term is the thing so we'll Mm -hmm. see how that works uh especially after our interview dropped monday uh new punk rant says the women's division is just young they need vets but there's clear improvement over the last month's there's enough good faith that I can wait. Um, well, this match is a bad time for me to read that comment. No. Um, I thought Britt Baker was amazing in this segment, and that's where the anything good ended. This was a handicap match from last week. Um, by the way, they they had to refilm that skit last week because it went or it didn't go over time, but they had to cut time from it. But the handicap match was Big Swole versus Britt Baker, Penelope Ford, and Reba, also known as Rebel. Britt didn't do anything. She still got a fractured leg, legit. Uh, so she's still hurt. But she did, like, jab at Big Swole with her crutch. But this was a trash fire from Jump Street, Louie. I get that Rebel's thing, like, the thing is she's supposed to not be a wrestler. Like, that's that's mm-hmm. why she, like, does some things that are bad. However, that doesn't give you a reason to take a Hurricane Rana as terribly as she did she was out of it's okay for her to be out of place a lot but it was bad and then penelope ford dropped swole right out of the gate too this was brutal we can swear on the show right yeah of course this was fucking awful mm-hmm. like so the criticism that many people so when i say aw need to put more win, women's matches on tv the excuse i get is oh they the women aren't ready the There's matches aren't going to be aren't. good. Yes. Understood. Completely understood. Uh, Nyla Rose is ready. Yes. She should be on TV. She hasn't wrestled on, on Dynamite, I don't think, since her match with, uh, since her partnership with Vic, Vicky Guerrero, which really helps put that over. But um, so Rebel's gimmick is she can't wrestle. So they're already yes. putting a woman on TV that that can't put on a great match. So why not put someone in there that has a bit of upside, a younger a younger talent like Tainara Conti, like Abaddon. Abaddon was great in, in, her, in, her, in her debut and stuff. She had a really unique look. Put her on TV. Yeah. It, it was this match, the fact that it was the only women's match on the show and it was a comedy sort of joke match where the majority of it was Rebel who couldn't wrestle, felt weird. Uh, it felt weird also having... Penelope Ford involved. I mean, we sort of explained she got the free dental care and stuff like that, but it, it fit. She yeah. felt a lot like a I third thought it was wheel. Funny. It did, but it was a bit of a step back for her because her her match with with uh, Sheeta at Fight Fest was fantastic, and that was for a lot of people like, wow, Ford can go. Ford's great. 
it's a shame we haven't seen anything from her of note. And then the stuff we have seen like tonight wasn't great. Um, but yeah, th- this wasn't good. This wasn't good at all. Um, hopefully we see Brit back soon. So she'll be a major addition to the women's division and sort of give it, she's been a great character while well injured. So well, when you can throw in her wrestling, uh, her and Sheeta are going to have a killer few. Zach Barber says this match was an angle, so it didn't bother me. Well, it did bother me because it was a match. It was a part of an angle, but it did not help get anybody interested in the angle because it was mm. so bad. It was such well, a bad match. If One you're going to have a, a women's angle, a lot of matches being angles, for, sometimes I understand, but then have an actual women's match on the show. Don't have your only women's match be the be an angle. Have Have... Something to show, listen, we care about women's vision, but we understand that sometimes an angle needs to be part of it. So, yeah, I, I, I don't buy that sort of, uh, I guess, explanation. Yeah, I agree. Uh, if the women aren't ready, use the ones that are. Or, how about this, sign ones that are. You can't tell me there are none in America? There are some freaks of nature out there that are ready to go right like that, that are just good out of the gate. And they hope that they struck gold on a couple of them, like Anna Jay, who is very good. But this was bad. Cyclops is better than Wolverine, says, I got secondhand embarrassment watching the match. Me too. It was so bad. It was one of the worst TV matches that they've had thus far. Um, Not the worst, but one of the worst. It was not good. Um, it was up there. I'd say I, I can't think of any that were worse off the top of my head. Oh, Allie and Brandy was really bad. Yeah, it was that bad. one was so bad. Neither one of them had singles matches, like ever again. Yeah. Um. By the way, guys, get in your super chats. Your question or statement will get read on the air. But uh, check out some of the stuff we got going on this week. I got an interview with Tonga Loa up right now. Uh, I am dropping a making a finisher short this week. It will be Just Incredibles, That's Incredible, which is the Corkscrew Tombstone. We've got exclusives up on the main side about Riddick Moss being set for a big push before uh, COVID. Uh, several WWE cops working without contracts. Of course, you can get all this stuff as soon as it goes up on FightfulSelect.com. I have some AEW notes today. Uh, some more color to Triple H being high on Killer Cross, Carrying Cross, whatever the hell's name is today. Uh Lots of stuff on FightfulSelect.com and a bunch of extra shows. Evan Wright says, I don't know why Nicole Savoy isn't signed already. Same here. Mm-hmm. Nicole Savoy, Ivelisse, and Diamante are three that I've always been like, ah, should have been signed. Although I've heard that Ivelisse's backstage issues haven't necessarily ceased even being there, which shocks me. I thought she'd be on best behavior, but we'll see. New Punk Rant says, so the division with Ford, Shira, uh, Sheeta, uh, Britt, Nyla, Anna, Conchi, they have depth, they need more time, and yeah, uh, better booking, but it isn't Divas Bad. Well, Divas Bad wasn't Divas Bad. Divas Bad still had Victoria, and Mickey James, and Beth Phoenix, and Natalia. and if the Bella Twins would have been pushed to improve back then, then they would have improved back then. Eve Torres was pretty good, AJ Lee was pretty good, Caitlin was thrown right into the fire and became decent by the time she was done even the divas era had talent it's just they would throw out the tory wilson's of the world and the kelly kelly's of the world and people who like carmella not the carmella you see now the carmella who was in playboy and did the diva search and they were like yeah go out there and wrestle type of thing like it was it was real bad the thing is as well at the time wwe never Try to bullshit the fact that they cared about women's wrestling. Yeah. They didn't, and they knew it. When we judge AEW's women's division, we're doing it based on the standards they set for themselves. Sure. It's not like we're going, you know what, you need to do better because WWE is because Impact is. It's you need to do better because you said you'd do better. Yep. So in terms of being divas bad, I don't know. I think we can obviously look at it in hindsight. But they do have depth, and they have obviously been hurt with injuries, with Statlander. Yeah, and Rio not being able to get into the country. So I think once I don't think Shayna can get into the country right now either. There's a lot of people that can't. And obviously, uh, B-, B Priestley as well been released. Yeah, would she have been released if not? Who knows? But yeah, I think they probably would have tried to keep her uh, if they could. Scott with an 
awesome suggestion on Super Chat for, as we mentioned, like maybe Pat comes over and gets Butcher and Blade instead. He says, the Butcher, the Blade, and the Bastard. That's a no-brainer. That's good. That's good. (laughs) Avery Dunn says, it's crazy how the best part of WWE is the women, and the worst part is the tag division, and it's the exact opposite in AEW. Shows that rival companies could learn from each other. WWE has a lot more depth, too. I'll give them that. They've got a lot more depth. Really, they could make one of the greatest tag divisions, but also they have to split their tag teams up among four brands, UK, NXT, SmackDown, Raw. It it is it's it's wild scenarios. But speaking of wild scenarios, Dark Order offers Tay Conchi a contract, and she takes it and hugs Anna J. I dig it. Yeah, I, I like it as well. Play over the fact that uh, they've been uh, obviously tag team partners. Uh, would be nice if the tag team tournament was recapped in the weeks previous, so we've known that for weeks. Because if you just watch Dynamite, then watch Tag Team One, you probably wouldn't know. Um, other than that, I thought, yeah, I thought it was great. It, it, Jane Araconti is fantastic. Uh, she has a lot of upside. I think she'd be great in the women's division. She'd be great in the Dark Order as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of this. Tables match, Sammy Guevara and Matt Hardy, they did not get enough time. And that's sad. Because Matt Hardy, here's the thing. He's in stuff that matters, but thus far... He debuted in front of nobody, which can't help that. He kind of had his gimmick taken, which I think is probably the best idea because it wasn't really clicking, the the multi-gimmick. He had his feud delayed because of Sammy's suspension. That sucks. As soon as Sammy came back, he gets cracked in the face with a chair, and he was hot about it. It was chaotic backstage. And then he gets a main event on Dynamite, and it's really short. And Sammy went. And Sammy was always going to win their match. He should have won their match. That's what Matt Hardy's mm-hmm. there for. Uh, what do you think about this? Um, I, I love the chair twist of fate. That was so cool. And Sammy gets busted open. So at least Matt got his receipt. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was not planned. I don't think, but it was a nice bit of karma. Yes, he obviously got. He obviously got busted open. Um. I mean, he did that during a picture-on-picture ad break, which is just, like, crazy. Just like, chill out, man. Yeah. They have to do it. I think, <laughs> I, think, I think they were trying to get their shit in. They were yeah. obviously had stuff planned, and I wouldn't be surprised if probably you breaks later on tonight that they that they went uh, – that they went uh, – under, or they were told, you've got 15, and then were told, no, you've got about seven. Yeah, and um, I mean, I can tell you guys, I know Matt Hardy was hot at Sammy Guevara, and that was outside of me even asking Matt Hardy if he was hot at Sammy Guevara. There were people telling me that it was chaotic backstage, and that Sammy was very apologetic, but it was a taped show, and a lot of people are like, Sammy, what the fuck? Taped show, you don't gotta do that. Uh, it was reckless. It, it was, was reckless, and uh, it was it was... I was, and you know what? This isn't the best person to listen to opinions from, but I was listening, or I think a clip of Jim Cornette's podcast came out and he was talking about it. Mm. He was like, it's fucking reckless. He he was talking about how dangerous it is. And he was like, if that was a guy that was working for me, I'd fire them on the spot because Hardy got busted open, but he was lucky. He was lucky to just get busted. Yeah. His neck was jammed up too. And his best days are well behind him. Hmm. Yeah, it's it was reckless. It it was it was a poor thing to do. I mean, it did add to the angle. I guess yeah. it made it feel more more. He did more violent. You could. I mean, you you obviously reported that he, he was pissed, so you can see mm-hmm. him being pissed. It was it, 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 this match just didn't work for me yeah. in terms of that feud element of it. Evan Wright. Evan Wright says eventual TLC match between the two will rule. I think that they should probably get into another brawl next week and. Kind of like a make good, Tony should be like, all right, guys, I'll give you all 11 minutes on All Out, do a car crash, and I bet mm-hmm. it would be awesome. Yeah. Eloquent says, the camera shot of Cassidy sprinting to Jericho at the end was amazing. They did have a brawl, Orange Cassidy, Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho was good on commentary all night long. He was obnoxious, but he draw. 
The thing I like is he isn't always just trying to get himself over. He puts over people that he's supposed to dislike too and says, I dislike them, but I'm not going to pretend that they're not talented. And I think that's very important coming from a guy like Chris Jericho. That is very important. 100% agree. Uh, it's... He, he did it with best friends. He was like, I dislike them, but I, they've earned my respect mixing up with them over the past couple of months. And yeah, it's very important. He is fantastic commentator. He, if, if when he retires and he doesn't uh, realizes that music might not be the best career option, yeah, he he could be a fantastic commentator for, 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 for anyone, really. Josh D. Dominicus says, I like the short main event. Don't need long Matt Hardy matches at this point. Love the crowd and all the storytelling in this episode. I could have used a longer Matt Hardy match. But if you liked it, hey, more power to you. I'm not going to disagree with that. We got the brawl to end it, but uh, AEW then ended it. They're going to need a much stronger go-home show. But you know, do you know what my go-home show for All Out is going to be, Louie? Is it going to be your one-on-one interview with Matt Cardona? No, but I am doing that, and I'm going to have another interview with somebody on the all-out card. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, I can't, it can't be somebody who's actually under contract. That would require AEW to actually respond to my emails. But so I'm like- doing a predictions video next week with a certain free agent in the wrestling world. Do you know who it is? No. No. Not Not him. It is him. Not Luke him. Owen will be coming to Fightful to do the all-out predictions video. We got a bit of a, I would say, a talent exchange. I mean, you're on excursion right now. Denise is on excursion over in the UK, although I don't know how comfortable I feel with her doing shows over there these days with Ollie mm. running things as crazy as he has. What Mr. Davis. Yeah, Mr. Davis. But uh, Luke Owen will be doing predictions with me next week. You all wanted him. You got him. I mean, we have our fun on Quizlemania, and I turn it up a little bit, Louie, as you know. But I actually like Luke. I'm not afraid to say that on previous shows we kind of did a bit, but now I feel bad for the guy, and I want to give him his opportunity to talk a little bit. And I like him. I like Luke. Looks great. Luke looks great. I mean, I'm I'm a bit sad. I thought I was your British fight uh, fight for and Russell talk friend, but yeah, uh, clearly are. not. I mean, at least it's um, not Adam. At least it's not Adam. At least it's not um, Adam. Anybody but you, but Adam. Anybody but you. When he no, when he goes bald and eyebrowless and beardless, you need to get him on your show. I mean, it's kind of funny that I'm the reason that he's bald. Mm, it is because. I mean, I know a thing or two about haircuts. I really do. I really do. Uh, the Jam one, Ryan B. Jam says, Justice for Luke. Yes, Justice for Luke. I want to do something nice for him. I really do like him. Uh, it's going to be a very awkward Quizlemania in a couple weeks. But, Louie, tell the people what you got going on, what interviews you've had lately, because you had a pretty big one. I did. I did have a pretty big one. So, on Wednesday, we dropped an interview with Rick Flair, which Who? was – Woo the Nature Boy, 16-time oh. world champion. That one. You know him? I do. Uh, I good. think I, I remember him. Mm. He's a bit before my time, but still good. <laughs> um, I had to research some of his matches. I, when the opportunity came, I, I didn't know who he was, so I had to do some research. <laughs> but uh, it, it, yeah, it was... He, he had only wrestled another 8, 9, 10 years since you had been alive. <laughs> Dude, like he was his mid-50s, 60s, yeah. Yeah, it was. It, it, it was crazy. It was, and he was the nicest guy. He so at the beginning of the interview, he was like, "Oh, how old are you?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm 19, turning 20 next week." So at the end of the interview, he gave me a birthday shout out, which is like "Happy birthday," which I think I've sent to everyone I know, whether they like wrestling or not. But it was he was fantastic. He goes, "We got 15 minutes. We went 50." He was so accommodating, so lovely, just pleasure to talk to. So check that out. Rest Talk Interviews, that's up there now. Um, I'm hoping to have some uh, well, an AEW interview up next week, just working on getting that uh, finalized. Good which is pr- I think I found a way. I'll tell you about that. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, we just keep on Rest Talk Interviews. Follow me on Twitter. I post everything I do there. Uh 
broke. Well, obviously, from what I'm hearing, I'm working on figuring out how involved uh, Randy Orton is in the Keith Lee stuff. Because I know I reported a couple of months ago that he was keen to work with NXT talent at SummerSlam, Tommaso Ciampa and Adam Cole notably. Um, So for me, it's all made sense. Hey, probably they thought if he wants to work with NXT talent, give him Keith Lee. So I've heard some stuff, working on getting a bit more. So I'll put that on Brussels Talk and on my Twitter as soon as I know more. Check it out, guys. Reminder, leave us a thumbs up, subscribe, tap that bell for notifications. We're back here Friday and Sunday. Until next time, guys, we're out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.